Tack. <laughs> Are you recording? I am now. <laughs> stalling, stalling, stalling. Now I am. No, no, it's recording. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Ah, cables. I hate cables on headphones. I Speaking of cables, I ordered three wireless chargers this week, which should show up tomorrow. It's pretty Two. exciting. For a phone I don't have yet. For a oh, phone I probably wow, won't have for over a month. Early. But, well, I've had these three same three chargers in my Amazon cart for like almost a year. And I was like, well, now it's time to buy them. And I didn't actually expect them to come so quickly. I was like, oh, it'll take a week or two. So I might as well order them now. Because the phone's coming out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, but uh, yeah, as it turns out, it'll take like three days. So, yeah, it should be here tomorrow. It's pretty good. All right. Um, uh, I don't why, know what did you, why did you think you needed three? Uh, it's a very, very easy answer. One for my desk at work, one for my desk at home, which will double as my like overnight charging one, and one for downstairs. Though, when I told somebody else my strategy for three, uh, as in downstairs in the house, I should say, um, mm-hmm. They said, oh, the, the battery will be good enough that you won't need one downstairs in your house. I'm like, okay, that's, that's probably a fair point, but I'm used to this iPhone 7 life and where I would love to have a, a wireless charger on the bench when I go home, just like pop my phone on because it's always dead. Um, yeah, so that's why. But maybe the one downstairs will be unnecessary, but I figure other people in my family can use it because we currently have no wireless chargers in the house. So hopefully someone else finds use for it if I can't. So you bought three identical... No, I bought three different ones. Oh, okay. And then if I need more, I'll buy different ones. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I wanted to experiment. Which They're ones? all in like the 20 to $25 range. Which ones did you get? I think only one was a named brand. Like one was a, an anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two were random Amazon brands. And I think I got one of them because it doesn't have a light and the other one because it was aesthetically pleasing. So, yeah, I'm, I've got the anchor, which I know will be very good. Uh, reliable, all that stuff. And I've got the other two as more like experimental. Uh, which which Anchor did you get? Uh, it's an Amazon product. So the name is Anchor Fast Wireless Charger 10 Watt Wireless Charging Pad Qi Certified Compatible iPhone 10s Max XR XS X8 8 Plus 10 Watt Fast Charging Galaxy S9 S9 Plus S8 S8 Plus Note 8 and more Power Wave Pad Brackets, no AC adapter. Okay. So, that one only Oof. charges... Uh, I need a break. ...with 5 watt for the iPhone ten. <laughs> How do you know that? Did you just type in everything he just <laughs> no, said? No, uh, no, no. I, I, no, I, you remember this yeah, name? The memor- memorable name. Yeah. yeah. That, that rang a bell. You serious? Yeah. So, standard charge mode for the iPhone. I think 7.5 or something. That's okay. I, I'm not fast. So, I think this one has a really small light on it, which may or may not be a problem in a room. So, I, I definitely got one of them that... Uh, claims to have no light whatsoever. Um, and I figure that will be the one for my desk at home. So, yeah. All right, cool. Anyway, that was... Speaking yeah. of names, um, I thought we should uh, just briefly talk oh. about the iPhone, the 2019 iPhone model names. Considering I think that they seems- will just copy Amazon's scheme. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah. I felt like that rolled off the tongue for Zach. Um, but it seems like everyone's talking about iPhone names. So let's do the same. Do they? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, well, let's be on trend and talk about that. I have no idea what other I people I mean, we already said. mentioned it earlier, um, but I just thought, yeah, let's, we let's at least put... put have some predictions. Line, like, line in the sand, what, what, what do we expect? Yeah, sure, let's do it. Let's start with Zach, because I don't know, quiet. because like we've all influenced each other now. Um, are we going to write it down somewhere? Mm-hmm. No? This is, not, this is not for points, this is not for winning. This is oh, Why are we doing this? Then? Uh, discussion. <sighs> 
Okay, you start. I really haven't thought this far ahead. <laughs> it's like two weeks. And I also don't really care. Uh, well, Monet, I think we need a new co-host. One that can either think ahead or can care. I say this every year. It's just going to be the new iPhone or the 2020 iPhone or okay, something yeah, like that. Dismissed. <laughs> Yeah, that's not going to happen. No. No. It's I not going to happen, but it's what I want to happen. You so know that's how many my, billions uh, Apple would lose if they would do that? I think Apple, they can't do that to that product. I think they can do that to a lot of other products, but iPhone needs to have a distinct name. I think otherwise people will. <sighs> yes, it does. Yeah. What do you think then? I'm, I've been on that uh, train for a while um, just because it seems to be like Apple likes to th- make things being called pro at the moment. So I, I'm I'm not because the problem if if we look at the lineup right, so um we have the uh or we used to have only the iPhone ten right when uh two years ago one year ago two years ago almost um the iPhone ten was kind of the new flagship kind of pushing the boundaries iPhone ten cool, then the year after that was a bit tricky because all of a sudden we had a ten S. And uh, Apple want to add the same kind of user interface with the no home button and face ID to a cheaper model. And that was that became the iPhone XR. Next year, we're in a, in a situation where that scheme doesn't necessarily work because most likely the, the base flagship model won't have a number plus plus uh, special character, right? There won't be. It, it's not. It, it will just be the iPhone 11 Serious. So why wouldn't it be 11R? Because then, then you have to issue the the same problem the year after. So if if yeah, Apple 11R, 12R, what what was the problem? That's the thing, though. Usually we would. I mean, if if we just follow the same scheme, we would go with it uh, 11 and then the 11S. But the R doesn't really fit into that, right? It can't be the 11R and the 11RS. <laughs> You know, that that gets tricky. What if the R type of device is not on a yearly basis, similar to the SE? <sighs> I, I, I don't really think that will be the case. Um, just because I think, I mean, overall, the, the kind of flagship, what currently is the 10, 10S, um, is, is quite pricey. It's definitely a product Apple wants to sell a lot of, and but because that one pushed so far up in the in the price range, I think Apple needs to also release a more affordable model that uh, still follows the yearly cycle. That's again that based on that assumption, I think uh, it might make sense to go with 11 Pro um, for the kind of flagship one, and then the 11 for the non for the what's currently the R so then you have the uh, iPhone 11 and iPhone 11 Pro and then next year what you would have the iPhone 11 S and the iPhone 11 S Pro yeah i th- i think that's probably the most logical and it also uh, means right it's all the like having three cameras that's a pro feature it's like nicer materials that's a pro feature but wouldn't the smaller one have three i don't know if the smaller one would have three cameras it might just have the two or I mean, the 10R doesn't have two cameras. Yeah, but the smaller one is a sixteen hundred dollar phone. If they skimp on the cameras, no, 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 no. <sighs> what I th- what I expect is that what's currently 10R mm. will be be an iPhone 11, and then oh, yeah. the, what's currently the oh, okay. 10S and 10 10S Max will be both part of the Pro mm. uh, line. Okay, interesting. Mm. That's so it will be 10S Pro or no 11 Pro. 11 Pro. Yeah. Just 11 Pro. 
11 Pro Max, 11 Max Pro? I, I don't know. I mean, again, if we look at the rest of the line, uh, the, the larger iPad Pro isn't called Pro. So maybe they just go with two sizes for the iPhone 11 Pro. But otherwise, the, the backup uh, option would be the 11 Pro Max. Sure. But now we're also approximating the, the uh, Amazon It sounds like a shaving gel or something. <laughs> yeah. 11 yeah. Pro Max. But that's why I think probably if if I would be forced to make a, a one 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 uh, definitive guess, I would go with the two larger ones or the two flagship ones in the two sizes are the 11, 11 Pro series and then the other one, the cheaper one is just 11. Um, but no Max okay, name. Interesting. Because that also... I feel like if there was going to be a Pro in the name, it almost makes sense to call it the iPhone X Pro. Or iPhone X Pro. No, because that that but sounds like you're going back in time. It does, yeah. So I yeah, and like it also then you doesn't bump scale. the number and you add a suffix. Like it's, yeah, yeah, but, but not for the base model, right? Like the, 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 the iPhone 11 R. will will yeah. probably be uh, you know, the the iPhone 11 is this year's new iPhone, and the Pro is the one for people who want to spend more money on having a stainless steel frame and and the extra camera and maybe a higher refresh rate uh, display or whatever. Names are stupid. They should just be the 2020 iPhones. But otherwise, leave it at that. then otherwise you have the same problem next year, right? If you if you would go with like the 10 Pro, what do you do the year after that? Then you're like... Yeah, yeah I know. But So I, 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 I think that at least sets it up for a few years of saying iPhone 10. 11 Pro, then 11S Pro, then It's iPhone sort of 12 like Pro, and iPhone 12. I But think we could have said that last year about the, is it Max this year? I mean, you could have thought that that, like, I, I think that would be a logical assumption that we go with, fit with, with the Max. iPhone XR, because how does the iPhone XR fit into that name scheme going forward? But I guess there's no way they position the the XR equivalent this year as a as the main phone, though. They're still going to want to push the expensive no, Pro phones or whatever. It's more like the macbook air yeah i guess it's still part of the same lineup though. yeah you have to you have the base phone which is the i mean you can yeah. also But see how much apple's pushing the 10r buy. right the yeah. 10r is the one apple's pushing a lot because I mean, it's the only least. one people can afford yeah it's not the one they want so to be that, pushing that will become the the iphone 11 baseline iphone 11 mm. and if if you want to spend an extra whatever hundred dollars it is um then you go for the pro and then you get like an extra camera and and that's Also kind of rubbish because, like, last year's phone being pushed as this year's main phone. I don't know. doesn't feel... Something about this doesn't feel right. But it's not It's not being pushed. It's just a new... Why, why is it being pushed? You, it's just a new phone called iPhone 11. Yeah, I would say people, I would say Apple pushes the MacBook Pro more to more people than they push the MacBook Air. Even though you could consider the MacBook Air to be the base MacBook. I think that makes sense. They should do the same with the phones. I don't know. Which we'll they see. will, right? Like, but they just name it uh, iPhone yeah. 11 and okay. then 11 Pro. But the Pro is so the iPhone good. 11 will also be a new phone. It won't just be a rebadged iPhone XS. It will be a new phone that uses probably the cheaper materials like uh, aluminum, aluminium, um, and fewer cameras. That will be the baseline iPhone 11. And if you think you want to spend more money, then you have the Pro line. That can scale, can scale yeah, for many years. Okay. It also allows for uh, like a smaller phone in the future because it doesn't necessarily indicate a specific size. Why is everything so unexciting this year? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it's it's also setting it up for the year after that, which yeah. I think will be a more exciting year for the iPhone. 
because it might hopefully be smaller again. Um, but then, yeah, yeah, that seems good. But then we could have like then we could have like a, a the smaller iPhone uh, twelve. So would the, it be or, iPhone eleven S mini? iPhone eleven S mini? Whatever. <laughs> I don't want to speculate about next year's names, but at least it gives you room to. I, I see that. Um, do you think? I was also thinking it would be iPhone eleven, but I just assumed they would spell it. XI? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Why not? Because that's That just... would be rough. And then... The, the, the iPhone 10 then being you have spelled the with iPhone X already. C, and then you have the <laughs> iPhone... The year after that, you have the iPhone Xis. No, I don't think so. XI doesn't look right. X looks silly too, though. But X is at least a cool letter. It's like... <laughs> I mean, it's your favorite letter. If, if we put all the the letters in the alphabet by coolness, <laughs> X is definitely towards the top. Uh, I is okay, but you know, it's also then you have the i, you have the iPhone yeah. X I. There are too many eyes. Now nah, it's eleven, eleven and eleven Pro. Final answer. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> let's let's move on now to something that is less speculative. Even less speculative. Yeah. Um, so what about those clouds? Where are they coming from? It's <laughs> super not speculative. We totally know why, why clouds exist. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> uh. That's not... That's not <laughs> just so everyone knows, just so it's clear. I do know where clouds come from. Um, so let's move on to something yeah. less speculative yeah yeah okay cool uh <laughs> got, got that sorted yeah cool all right so i i was implementing push notifications um over the last few days or improving some stuff with push notifications and i started um uh i mean we were already talking about that before recording but you know how there are provisional there is a new way of requesting provisional access to sending users push notifications instead of the old style where you have to actually present the user with a choice whether to allow or, or not allow uh, push notifications. Since iOS 12, you can ask for provisional, um, what do you call Which that? Which is not really something you ask for, it's something you ask the system for, yeah. rather than, the, it's right. not user-facing. So you basically specify when you want to ask in your code for uh, push notification access, you can add the provisional uh, uh, type and then it will not show the user anything. So um, it will just request it behind the scenes. Uh, you get a token, everything everything fine. And then to, when you then send the user a push notification after asking for provisional access, it will then be... Uh, it will then be delivered to the user quietly. So it will only show up in notification center, but it, there's no sound, there's no like... Is it only notification center and not lock screen by default? Um, I mean, lock screen is part of notification center. Is it that you're not interrupted for it? There's, yeah, some, there's, there's no, something different about the permissions. Yeah, yeah. yeah yours. It's the same way as any quiet notification is. Um, and then the user gets uh, the option to either keep... Uh, I mean, you can send multiple notifications, but on the first one, it will show like a small um, action uh, section where you can decide whether you want to keep them. And if you select keep them, you have the option to uh, change 
it to be delivered um, prominently or if you want to continue receiving them silently or you can turn them off. Mm. Um, that is something that the user does on the home screen or in the notification. Yeah, yeah, as I said, in the first notification, yeah. you can you can select that as underneath the notification you have the option. Yeah. So I was thinking about what, what do you two think are the perfect um, use cases for this type of uh, notification permission? Yeah. I think this is interesting. I really enjoy hearing about your progress working on this this week, Kai. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's almost something that is seeming to be a bit forgotten. I feel like many apps still spam you with asking for notification and they want to do it loudly. But I almost feel like the majority of apps would be perfectly fine to just deliver them silently. So I don't know. It is... Um, so for me, obviously... It is in a uh, ordering context. So you order, you order coffee, um, and the coffee shop accepts your order. You would get a push notification. Mm. So if I ask for provisional um, uh, permission f- instead of asking with the dialogue in the app as you go through the order flow, um, you will not get a notification. So you'll mm. you place an order, you put your phone away. And you wouldn't know until you check that something happened with your order. So I in, initially I thought this is actually pretty good because I mean the reason that this was implemented by Apple was to give users basically a way of seeing notifications before they have to decide mm-hmm. because it's often hard, right? You you open a new app and it's asking you like a whole bunch of different for a whole bunch of different permissions. Yeah, yeah. And you don't really know why it wants to show you notifications in the first place. Like many apps use this for like marketing spam, yeah. which is not allowed according to human interface guidelines, guys. Yeah, I mean... They still do it. Um, I mean, it's also explicitly not allowed in the App Store uh, review guidelines. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's not not allowed. It's just the wording is you shouldn't. But I mean, we know that that's not enforced. But point being, um, it is... The idea is to actually see, all right, what do I get notifications for? And then you can decide whether you want it or not. So I was a bit on the fence for something like this. I was thinking about that too when you initially told me. I was like, uh, so so I was sort of thinking that it potentially isn't good for your type of app just because it's a, it's an app that where the time of a notification matters. So if you get a notification to go and pick up your coffee, you would want to hear that. You would want it to be a bit more explicit. But then I was thinking, it's not really correct about your app. I think this would be the case with deliv- mm-hmm. apps that mm-hmm. deliver something to you or apps that like needs you to like be engaged in, like stay updated mm-hmm. about it. So, for example, if I order a, uh, order a lift, I would need to know when the lift is close to arriving because I might want to go outside. Um, because the... The fulfillment date is unknown, right? Exactly. Yeah, the estimations are very inaccurate. The same with delivery services. This can very much depend on like three different services. It depends on when the restaurant um, like sends your when the restaurant uh, uh, accepts your uh, order, and when your delivery driver is actually being assigned, and when the delivery driver ends up picking it up. And then it also depends on traffic. But something like this, where you order a coffee. I think people very much decide what time they want to do it. So, yeah, yeah. And it has very little variables in it. I think even if someone is delaying, like the most delayed you would meet be as at a coffee with a coffee order as a barista would be like a matter of minutes. 
Like, I don't feel like it's a big gap there. And I think if you would expect your coffee to be ready in 10 minutes and you show up in 10 minutes and it might be fulfilled like a minute later, it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. So that's why I feel like people will keep track of that differently. They don't necessarily rely on a notification. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? I guess that's how you, how you were, what, how you made your decision? I mean, I haven't made the decision yet. Um, the latest betas just used a um, provisional permission just because I kind of want to get a better feel of it. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely the consideration because you order, you decide when, when it should be ready. And in 99% of cases, your coffee will be ready then. Mm. The, however, in 1% of cases, um, the order might be delayed or the coffee shop, like worst case scenario, the coffee shop rejects your order, right? Or doesn't accept it in time, mm-hmm. which means you might now walk to a coffee shop that doesn't have your order ready. But it's yeah. definitely an exceptional circumstance. But then you would really want to know about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do agree with that. But I think it's such a rare circumstance. Mm. But if the, that that situation would really suck. Yeah. 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 It would suck. But at the same time, I do feel like it is a nicer experience for the majority of people. But yeah, it, it, it is difficult. Um, but then I think you... I, I think about my own experience with um, with an app, say like a, an ordering app and... It's something that I'm, yeah, I'm expecting it to send me push notifications the first time I use it. But also, it's the kind of app where I'd probably more likely to check it that initial time because I don't know yeah. what I can expect. I don't know yeah. when mm-hmm. the push notifications are going to come through. It's still something that I'm trying to work out. So I feel like for something mm-hmm. like that, it's probably a pretty good chance I wouldn't miss. So even if it, if it sent provisional notifications, I'll be like, that's great. Uh, cool. I've got notifications and they're handy. But I think it's the type of thing that, especially the first time I use, I'm not going to like just set and forget because I have yeah, you no clue, no muscle it. memory about how this works. Mm. Yeah. Um, if I think about something like Hey You at the moment, then my my strategy is to order, lock my phone, and then just check my watch in a few seconds or minutes or whatever it might be to just double check that the order was accepted. Mm. Um, but the first and, time you used that app, you that didn't I, have that behavior though, right? Of course, of course. I think provisional notifications are not even pushed to the watch. But that's but that's okay because I wouldn't be checking the watch just because I wouldn't know what to expect. Does this app send zero notifications? Does it send five? Does it send one? Like, I, I don't know. So, I think it's something I'm more likely to keep the app either open for or just to more frequently check the app and check mm. that the order is ready. Mm. And then... And then the next time I'm in notification center and see, oh, this app actually sent a notification saying, hey, your order was ready or your order was accepted, then... Look, I'm going to go, okay, they sent two notifications, not spare me, yeah. allow, yeah. always, or whatever the, the permission is. Mm. Yeah, um, But that's also the next the thing. How, I wonder how many people actually know how to action those, because they're not that frequently used, as, at least not a lot yeah, of apps I use. It's pretty clearly, though, like what, what it is. And yeah, but kind of mostly in the first one. So Okay, if, so the second one wouldn't include the action buttons? No. Okay, that's a bit And strange. then it's also, I mean... If when you say keep, then it also asks you if you want them to be delivered prominently. Okay, that is a weird way of phrasing <laughs> it to me because promin- prominently sounds like it's yeah. gonna stay there for the rest of the like yeah, for, mm-hmm. like in notifications forever. Yeah, so I I feel like I I wonder how many people will be confused by that flow of saying keep and then saying uh, prominently. I just I wonder if that is more confusing than to just ask as you go into the order flow, hey, can I send you updates? Yes, no. Yeah. So I was telling you 
Mm-hmm. Earlier that I just installed Kayak, which is like a um, flight and hotel booking or tracking app, um, and it just popped up as normal. Like a lot of not a lot of requests to do things like use my location, use my uh, send me push notifications. But this was in terms of like pre prompting, so mm-hmm. they had their own custom view where they said we want to send you notifications because that makes the app better. And then I just skipped it because I just wanted to quickly look at a specific flight. Um, and then when I was in that screen, and when I actually found the flight, um, there was a toggle for that flight saying like, oh, do you want to get updates about this? And I just turned the toggle on. And I would have expected that to present the push notification request, like the actual system request. And it didn't. Um, so I went into settings and checked. And that one seemed to have as soon, I don't know if it was as soon as I dismissed the default push notification request uh, dialogue that they had implemented, or if it was as soon as I turned a toggle on. But at some point, they they inferred that they will send me to push notifications silently um, for now um, until I decide to not do that. Mm. Like until I decide to actually deliver them permanently or whatever, whatever they want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like that was quite a nice way of doing it. So you can actually like request that. And if they are not interested in that, um, then you can potentially still deliver them silently. Or would you... Would you be? Would you not be allowed to deliver them silently if they disallow notifications? I mean, if if someone turns off notifications, then then first of all, you shouldn't. Yeah. Even if you could, but yeah, you also yeah. can't. Yeah. Um. Obviously, if you're pre-prompt and someone dismisses that dialogue, you can just ask for it provisional. So maybe that's a good way for you to do it. So you say, "This is much better if you get push notifications because then you know when your coffee is ready." And if they dismiss that view um, and no, don't actually action on that, then you can deliver it silently. Mm. But it feels a bit. It feels a bit like uh, the person, the user, didn't want notifications. Yeah, not if they say. Not if they say no. But, but if you, dis- you can't have a no option, right? You. No, that's what I'm saying. If they dismiss the yeah, your yeah, custom, yeah. but you can't have a no button on there. You could have a sure send me notifications and then yeah. show the IRS dialog, and then you have and to have, have a dismiss maybe button later. that dismisses the thing. Yeah. But it feels. I don't know. It also feels a bit weird of like the user clearly dismissed the screen, and then you're saying, yeah. ah, do it quietly, anyways. What about something? I mean, I think the way that kayaks sort of get around that is because they have the toggle for the actual mm-hmm. flight, and then I actually made it. I made I made them aware that I would be interested in getting some type of push notifications. Mm-hmm. So, what if you do something like that? Like when they place the order, um, there's a toggle saying "notify me about this," and then you default into that. Yeah, but I I don't I don't want to create the expectation that there wouldn't be updates because first of all the only thing i will ever send push notifications are about uh, the only thing i will ever send push notifications about is updates to your order i will not send any spam i'm not going to advertise i don't push you to order another coffee or say it's world coffee day order order it's world coffee day every day is world coffee day oh that's how it works Mm. Um, so I'm not going to do any of that. So I don't re- really want to create an, the expectation. First of all, it may, makes it seem like there might be other ways, other things you get push notifications about. Yeah. And also, realistically, I, I feel like I want to urgently tell you if your order has not been accepted. Because otherwise, I mean, no one's going to use the app, order coffee, and then not care about whether it's actually being prepared or not. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I do think you should try this out. Try delivering them silently first and see how it feels. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing for a few days. But yeah, 
So do you have a very good example of an app where you think it makes a lot of sense? Yeah, yeah. I can give you because a good Because it's still... The problem is still to me because you're not actually... T- trialing notifications for that app right there you know if you use a spammy app they could now just do something where they say we we keep normal notifications until the user accepts them or something like that Mm -hmm. i mean there's still it doesn't really solve the problem of people spamming through push or companies spamming through push notifications well unless you don't allow it right sure but i mean you if you ask for a provisional you send normal notifications people say all right prominently deliver it and then you start spamming i mean there are so many ways around that still but you can still you can still action on action those in the notification center at a later stage you don't have to go to settings and turn it off you yeah, can... yeah but you could do that yeah i mean yeah you could do that either i way. think the problem might be that those things are just not very prominent to the user the same with uh, the decision of whether or not you want to get them. Uh, it seems like it's a bit of a weird decision if they only show that on the first notification. Sorry, Zach, did you say that you had a good example? I mean, it might be coming later too. I, I just didn't see it. In- yeah, I mean, it's difficult to solve the problem of companies who are going to spam you with, say, targeted messages later down the line, especially because they're often not going to come in the first day or two. But when thinking about provisional notifications, I think a really good use is something like a social media app. So if you sign up for Instagram or Twitter or something like that. Don't. I think it makes a lot of sense <laughs> for those. Well, yeah, okay. But I think it makes <laughs> a lot of sense for those ones to initially be sending all the notifications that they want, you know, for every like and tweet and whatever it is. And then they're, they're non-critical notifications. I mean, nobody, nobody's world is going to end because they didn't get a like notification from Instagram. So I think it's a really good uh, well, candidate to be well, delivered silently. And then... Uh, there are people who have been in very bad situations <laughs> because they didn't get Twitter notifications for an hour or so. Sure. But <laughs> anyway. I know. There are extreme um, cases for everything. But then you also have to think like yeah. like but people use it as messaging platforms. Yeah. Like that's if what you I'm use Twitter saying. as a messenger. Yeah, or but if you, if you sign up for Twitter day one, what are yep. the chances that your messaging You're platform sent the is most so important, important or, message or, on day one? That's what. Alternatively, if you signed up for Twitter, if you said to me, hey, sign up for Twitter, let's let's have a conversation there, and I did that, and I sent you a message, and you hadn't responded three hours later, or I hadn't seen a notification three hours later, there's a pretty good chance that I'm going to remember about that and open the app to check. So, I really don't think that... Like, an app that you didn't have five minutes ago cannot be sending you critical notifications. It's just not how it works. Once you come to rely on something, for example, in my case, the Dexcom app, if the Dexcom app mm. stops sending me notifications tomorrow, that might be a problem because I've built that into my workflow. But if yeah. a new Twitter client that I download stops sending me notifications... or sorry or I miss notifications from the new Twitter client app that I'm using, that's perfectly expected. I'm not in any kind of routine with that app. I'm not uh, dependent and and I'm not used to it working well. So I think that yeah. there's a difference. But in that case, wouldn't would there maybe a hybrid? Maybe a hybrid there is, is the best solution too. Like if you install a Twitter client, ask for a provisional, whatever. But if you send a private message to someone, maybe ask, hey, do you want, do you want a notification when, when the person responds? sure. sure. And that's perfectly yeah. valid. Yeah. No, I do. I do think social networks could be could be a good sit- good candidate for this. Uh, I'm just pulling your leg a bit, um, but I do. 
I do agree with that. And another thing that is sort of similar to social media would be uh, like regular media. So if you have a news app, you probably won't want to read a news article as soon as a notification comes in, but you might care about what's happening throughout the day and then you want to action on them in the later in the day. So something like that could make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Apple News uses that and it made me realize that I can both turn off notifications for Apple News and then delete the app. But, you know, it goes <laughs> both ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was also thinking potentially like a like a sleep tracking app makes sense too. Like I'm just probably curious about how much I slept, but I don't think I, will, I shouldn't action on the push notification saying how much I slept over the night because, um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back mm-hmm. to bed. But- but I think that's really nice because, yeah, no, but I think because I think something like auto sleep, I have, I have auto sleep set to send a push notification at 10 a.m. every day with mm, a sleep summary. Yeah, and that's something too. that I want. I understand not everyone wants it, but I think that's a good use case because if you weren't using auto sleep until, say, yesterday, you're not missing the notification. You're not really even expecting it. And then you pull in notifications and even if it's 12 hours later and you see the mm. notification like, oh, that's either really useful to me. I'm going to allow that and keep it going or no i don't want my push uh, my sleep app sending me push notifications i'm going to turn it off i i think it makes a lot more sense than it doesn't for most apps yeah yeah well if you would get that at 10 a.m and you would get notification that's not help like you wouldn't really action on that sure you might be interested in looking at it but it's nothing urgently that you need to do no that's right so i think the ones that need to like deliver a notification with sounds are actually quite rare. It's things that actually need you to action on them. Yeah, no, no, it's a good point. And and for those kind of things, like the auto sleep one, it's probably not the kind of notification you want being sent on to your watch either. But it's nice to mm. have on the phone the next time you check it and it's like, oh, cool, I can just get a nice little summary of my sleep. Uh, mm. Don't even have to open the app. Oh, you don't? Well, it tells you your amount. So, if, if all you care about is the time. Yeah, but it's not a rich notification. Um, No, I don't think it is. No. That's another but, thing that you know, I don't see very much. Yeah. I feel like notifications can be very diverse, but they're not at the moment. It feels like most of them are just being pushed to the user, um, like w- mm. with the sound and everything. I mean, it's a bit I of a diminishing return, right? I think. I mean, the reason push yeah. notifications work the way they do and did for so long is because you can cater for most things through that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how often do you actually need? I mean, certain things maybe. Like I, I don't know if you get a notification about where your plane is or when it when it arrives, you could have a map that shows where it is. But most people probably mostly care about when it arrives and not where it is right this second on a map. Mm. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think one really good use case for rich notifications and most podcast apps do this is is podcast apps because when you get a new episode, if you're mm-hmm. you can generally read the show notes um, very very mm-hmm. quickly, and so if it's the type of show where you don't listen to every episode, uh, I tend to like force touch or three D touch or whatever it is on the notification quickly read the episode description, mm-hmm. and then if it doesn't seem interesting, I can choose to delete the episode right then and there, which oh, really? is quite a nice feature. Yeah. D- the actions I definitely think are nice, but you could still put, I mean, you could have the episode description in your subtitle for your mm-hmm. push notification. doesn't need to be rich. Sure, yeah. No, but the actionable part is really nice. Actionable is, yeah, that's a different thing. That's that's definitely nice. Especially for text messages and those kind of things. It's nice too when you can actually have text mm-hmm. input. Yeah. Yeah. I realized I'm using that less and less though, because... So I used to use it all the time and then changed, I think in iOS 12, it became possible to, and it was iOS 11 for notched phones, but iOS 12 for 
Touch ID phones, it became possible to turn on that setting where messages are not shown on your lock screen or, or any notifications are not shown on your lock screen um, or like the preview of, sorry, the preview of the notification isn't shown on your lock screen until you unlock it with Touch ID. And so the quick reply was always really good for when my phone wasn't unlocked and I wanted to quickly respond to a message. But now because in order to read a message, I have to unlock the phone with Touch ID anyway, I find it, I'm really indifferent between tapping the notification and 3D touching it because there's no authorization required Mm -hmm. there. So it's just Mm -hmm. an interesting thing that I noticed. I used to use it all the time and no longer do that. Mm. Anyway. Mm. But yeah, I do think like just to get back to your question, Kai, I think most people, uh, most apps don't really need to. They could just deliver. What do you call it? Deliver them silently? No. Quietly. Quietly. It's provisional permission, but you then deliver them quietly. Okay. Yeah, they could. Del- I think most of them could deliver them quietly. Um, unfortunately, I think most of them won't, especially if they already implemented them the other way around. But I think if you're making a new app and you don't want to pre-prompt and explain why you're sending notifications, it might be good for a user to see first by themselves how it looks like and then make a decision. Yeah. Mm. I'll see. I'll see. I just thought it was actually not as as trivial of a decision as I thought initially, because there are Mm. quite a lot of... I mean, the implementation is super simple. You basically just add dot provisional to the... P-list? No, 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 no. You just say, I want a request, and then you usually have like an array of of permissions you want to request. Let's say alert and sound and badge. Um, All you have to do is add provisional, and then it will just not show dialogue and automatically call the, the successful register... Uh, delegate method um so from an implementation standpoint it's it's it can be as easy as adding a single word in your in your uh in your code so that that is the easy part it's just when when is it appropriate and how but we'll see we'll see that was somewhat interesting should we talk about betas or rather the lag thereof (sighs) Lack of Mac betas, yeah. <laughs> and Xcode I, uh, I feel like Mac Xcode, Xcode is a yeah. big problem here. Uh, no, the Mac beta is a bigger problem if you use <laughs> iCloud Drive. Yeah, you yeah. shouldn't use either yeah. of those. Like. Do you that still have true. things just disappearing? I don't know what's in iCloud Drive and what isn't anymore. <laughs> I've given up on things syncing. That's a good sign. I just sign. put them in a folder on my computer and hope for the best. I'm backing up frequently. Um, that's actually yeah. an interesting topic. Um, I mean, actually, it, yeah. we actually said something interesting. Accidentally, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, it's a bit tricky. Uh, what I liked about Dropbox, at least before they did all the selective sync stuff, is it was super easy to back to back all of that up to like a cloud backup or mm-hmm. even even Time Machine, yeah. right? Because you would just say here, back up my Dropbox folder, mm-hmm. and the Dropbox folder would just be a folder on your drive that also happened to be synced. But now with iCloud Drive, you can't really back up your iCloud Drive to Time Machine or to to mm-hmm. whatever you're using as a cloud backup solution. Yeah, yeah. Do you do anything about that, Zach? Wait, why not? If you've got everything stored locally, yeah, but it it does. C- it would work. But does it does it even give you the option to say I want to store everything? Because for me, uh, it just sometimes yeah, it does. For me, um, Utrin, I don't think I was able to select iCloud uh, to be a folder that is being backed up. Yeah, that's up. a different problem. <laughs> what, what is the problem there? No, no, that is, um, I mean, the folder isn't in a normal um, file system path because it's kind of part of yeah, your weird yeah. somewhere. So you mean it is being backed up, it's just not a selectable folder? No, I, I think most backups uh, programs would, would ignore that. 
Yeah. Because it's not just think, yeah. in a user slash iCloud drive. It's yeah. So how do you get it backed up, Zach? Uh, I had assumed that Backblaze <laughs> is backing it up, and I'd assumed that Time Machine is backing it up. Nope. I should probably double check this. I, I'd be very <laughs> confident. Uh, I, I would be confident assuming that they don't. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, in that case, that's worrying. Uh, it's a good thing I have... Well, I still have important things in there. I just don't have all my important things in there. Because they are being deleted. Because I saw on the, I think, Backblaze forum somewhere where someone asked ex- mm. exactly for that. How can I back up my iCloud drive? And a back uh, Backblaze person answered, you can't. Okay, I'm going to Google for in this. In that case, I need to leave Backblaze on the ASAP. <laughs> this is worrying. This is very worrying. You are welcome. <laughs> So, uh, your solution is uh, uh, denial? <laughs> Assumptions. Yeah. My solution is check and then, oh, man, this is worrying. Sorry. And so, what about Time Machine? Time Machine, neither? No. Why? It's your documents folder. That doesn't make uh, any documents, sense. Documents would. Documents would. Oh, I, I don't care about the rest of iCloud Drive. Just documents folder. But not the... If That's you the select, worrying one. Okay. Yeah. So, if you open iCloud Drive, like the... The whatever it is. Like the actual The thing that looks like a folder code. called iCloud Drive. That one you can't really back up. If it's if you Oh yeah, that has a worrying file path. I understand yeah. that. But if if you sync your documents with iCloud Drive, then it behaves somewhat similar to, to Dropbox, I believe. Okay, I would have assumed that. Wouldn't the documents that you sync with iCloud Drive live in iCloud Drive though? They don't live in your documents folder. Isn't that correct? That's true. That is true. They are in a fancy file path. That is iCloud Drive. Yeah. All the documents that are being... Like pages documents that would be synced, they would be in the iCloud pages folder. That's right. And those are very, very difficult to back up. Not if you save them to your documents, like your your user documents folder. But like the default ones, like before you... I mean, if if you would work on, I don't know, on on your iPad and you just store it in your... um, pages container in iCloud Drive, Yeah. then on your Mac, you can see it through iCloud Drive, mm-hmm. but you can't back it up. Exactly. You would then have to pull is it out. Is that what you do, Zach? I don't care about... Nothing important is stored in those uh, application folders in iCloud Drive. I put everything in the documents okay. folder, like a normal human. That's mm-hmm. what the documents folder is for. That's where your documents belong. That's where all of your documents belong, with the exception of Git repositories. And then, <laughs> and then you sync your documents folder with iCloud Drive. That is the plan. Okay. I mean, like, I do also, like, infrequently copy my documents folder across to an external hard mm-hmm. disk. So, like, I probably do have a backup, but it's not a recent backup, and I wouldn't like the thought of losing it. So, um, yeah, okay. So, well, this is good because my my uh, Xcode projects are all backed up. But, hey, maybe my documents folder isn't back up to back, back blaze. This is worrying. Okay, this is going to require some more investigation later. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> to give you mm, more work. That's right. Thanks for alerting me. It's probably a good thing. Actually, wait, I do have stuff in the library. Um, that's right. This is a conversation for later, but mm. I will go through this. Yeah. But for me, it was a bit uh, tricky uh, because I, I don't really want iCloud to sync my documents folder because then it also syncs your desktop and I, I don't want that. Yeah. Um, yeah. in general, I'm, I'm not, not a fan of that. Um, but uh, if I would only use iCloud Drive 
as a sync thing, then it's really hard to back that up. So maybe I just have to get over it. And if, <laughs> I mean, uh, if Catalina ever comes out, then maybe I should give it a shot and just sync my... Do you use Dropbox now or do you use something? No, 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 no. not Dropbox. Um, moved out. Do you remember episode one, two, three, five, seven? I do, but I don't remember the verdict. <laughs> um, so at the moment, I don't... I use iCloud Drive as basically for, for us sharing stuff. Um, I use pCloud Sync to, to work on things with you that are also, like with you, Marlin, that Hello. are also um, backed up with uh, cloud backup solutions. Mm -hmm. And I have a whole bunch of stuff that is not syncing anymore, like my developer folder. That's where I am. I'm You're not, not super happy your with development that. folder? Nope, not at the <gasps> moment. I'm not. I'm not super happy with it, but that's where I am at the moment. Yeah, I don't think that either. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, so Black Backblaze does back up your desktop and documents folder from iCloud Drive, which mm -hmm. is exactly what I expected, and I am perfectly okay with that. It's only the desk, the documents folder, sorry, that I need to be backed up, and it is mm -hmm. so happy days. Yeah, it's, but it's not the iCloud Drive. It's It's only a documents folder, which happens to sync it's with iCloud. It's not all of iCloud Drive. No, no, no. But who puts things in iCloud Drive? Okay, so back to betas. Mm. Um, there are none. Mm -hmm. um, was, that the, was that what we want I to mean, say here? It seems like the iOS betas are still basically on, on the schedule we would expect. It's just the Xcode and uh, macOS betas who have not seen updates in quite some time. Yeah, this is interesting. I feel like this is a little bit worrisome. <laughs> I mean, it's, it seems to just be based on iOS was probably behind where people wanted it to be. Mm. And I assume that a lot of resources have been pulled, like all the resources that could be pulled uh, out of um, other projects are probably put on that because obviously that is the most critical uh, Apple software product coming out this year. And... Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that means a whole bunch of people being pulled over to iOS who can, but also potentially, I mean, releasing public uh, Xcode betas always has, or public as in for developers, always has a bit of overhead because you have to hide stuff you don't want people to see yet. So you, whenever you prepare your builds, you, you have to go through that effort. Wouldn't you just do that with like branching or... Um Feature flags. However, Apple does that. No matter how they're doing it, there's definitely a non-zero overhead. Yeah. overhead in doing yep. that because I mean, you still would have like new APIs available somehow for the iPhone 11 Pro. Um, that that's you, what you're rolling with now. That's what I'm rolling with. So you 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 might not want to have that in in the Xcode betas uh, just yet. So no matter what, there might be overhead that is. I don't know. That might not be worth it, considering that that they really got to get the other stuff done. Um, I don't know. That that is my my best guess, at least at the moment. That there is just in higher priority things that need to be fixed. Despite that, probably um, having quite the impact on like people who work on SwiftUI stuff, for example, because uh, SwiftUI changed a lot. So if you're running Iris. Uh, 13 beta 7 and you're building SwiftUI stuff with Xcode 11 beta 5 which is the latest one available a whole bunch of stuff will crash or not work anymore so that's fun yeah it's great doesn't run on device yeah mm. but I, I do like this theory Kai mm -hmm. I do I do agree with you I feel like the fact that those are stalling at the moment might have 
might be an indication that other things are not going as well as they would have liked it to be at this at this point in time. So there are a lot of resources being pulled over to that. I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't really see any other reason why you wouldn't continue updating unless there are some technical reasons why they don't want to send out the betas. And the thing is just the betas are just not ready. But I feel like the one that would be the most ambitious project at the moment, but Apple seemed to be iOS thirteen. And I mean, it's also the iPhone 11 and 11 Pro, they need to ship with iOS 13. There's yeah, just no yeah. way around it. So if yeah, that there's isn't not going to be a new Mac in September. No. But it, even if Apple could say, you know what, that Mac we plan to release in September is now a November or December product. No one cares. But Apple can't be like, you know, the iPhone, we keep that one for another few months. It's like that would have such a huge impact on their on their bottom line. I don't think Apple can do that. And I mean, there's no other option. You cannot, I mean, shipping shipping the new iPhone with a completely broken iOS uh, uh, build would not be great. So they just need to get iOS 13 done. And I'm I'm sure they do whatever, whatever they can. And whatever, like, if even if it uh, has casualties any, everywhere else um, to get that, that done for the new phones. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but you are right. iOS 13 is starting to show some signs of polish. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Beta 7 came out this week. And I think I complained last week about the Reminders app being pretty unresponsive. Mm-hmm. Mostly fixed now. It's not the fastest app. It's not the most responsive app. The Reminders app never was. It never has been. Um, but it things are better now. So, we're sort of starting to get to that point. And I think other UI things like the share sheet, which has always been slow to bring up in iOS 13 since it was redesigned, that's also much improved. So, yeah, we are sort of getting to that point where Apple's probably pretty close to cutting a release build for September um, mm-hmm. and for the new phones. So, yeah, I, I mean, hopefully the next Mac beta is just as polished when it comes out, hopefully this week. But who knows? Something seems to be going on there. Cause I think that's unlikely. That it's just as polished or that it comes out? Um <sighs> both in a way um <laughs> it has to come out they're mentioning it in release notes it's obviously sh- delayed sure but, but i i don't think i don't think it will be i mean in general the macro is usually i mean it's not uh, unheard of that macro releases after ios 13 so i i i feel like we're probably on sure, that same we're definitely new for a new due for a new beta and we might be further away from the final build sure yeah yeah no doubt the last one was july 31st it's been yeah yeah 18 days since the last macros beta came out Wait, only 18 days it feels like three months <laughs> uh, yeah that's uh, a good indication of the state of that beta wow okay <laughs> i know um but we've seen two betas for ios since so we'll be i think it will be interesting to see what's happening happening there mm-hmm. it's it's interesting i don't i don't recall ever having this kind of setup with beta so significantly uh, off off cycle from each other especially xcode and iOS. yeah i do feel like it would be so frustrating for developers who were excited about swift ui <laughs> and they made a new app and they're ready for they wanted to be ready for it on the last day and they just can't run it at the moment or even yeah i mean re- or realistically build with new stuff that would be in beta 6 and 7 yeah yeah and it is very discouraging to pick up new shiny things at an early stage like i think that's something you should encourage developers to do but this mm. is a bit more frustrating and i think i mean swift was frustrating to pick up because the um, swift compiler kept on crashing but you could still do something mm. whereas now you're a bit more stuck mm. 
Hmm. We'll see. Yeah. But I'm just 13, got a ship. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, there are, I mean, it definitely needs to be on the new phones. So yeah. let's see. And they got to install that on the new phones uh, sometime relatively soon. Yeah, I mean, they could maybe delay the shipping. They could have like two weeks shipping window potentially. I don't know. I mean, it's harder to ship. That, that's so much money you're talking about though. Yeah. Like realistically, what is how much money do you lose if you ship Catalina two weeks later? <laughs> yeah, you know that yeah. probably has no almost non noticeable impact on on the bottom line. While shipping the iPhone a week or two later is like millions of dollars. Yeah. Plus, then the entire guidance, right? That means the guidance for the yeah. I think that's the biggest concern. I imagine is the the pressure from stakeholders to yeah. ship. Because Especially, that means you have a down yeah. quarter just because your iOS 13 wasn't ready mm. in time. So you think they'd rather ship it and have a buggier software than waiting a week extra to ship it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Tough situation mm-hmm. to be in. I wouldn't want to make that call. But, you know, when, you, when you're a public company, you have people to answer to. Mm. Yeah. Anyways. Mm. Mm. Would be a very stressful period to be at Apple at the moment. Mm. Do you see that we work... Uh, Filing for IPO. You see that they changed name? <laughs> oh, I love this new name. Because WeWork wasn't called yeah. to enough. Hey, what happened? WeWork is going public. They also changed their company name. Cool. So now they're the We okay. Company. We Company. Yeah, you don't work there anymore. You're just We. Okay, sure. Mm. Sure. Sweet, weird, right? The We Company. Like on track to something else, but okay. Yeah, also they're... Oh, it's so bad you should you should really read the uh whatever the filing was for this it's it's yeah it's such a weird cold it's it's almost disturbing how cold you think it's a bad thing that they're filing for ipo or is this like something worth discussing or are we just laughing at their name a bit of all um (laughs) first of all i mean we work or we company or whatever um they're terribly overvalued they're trying to present themselves as a tech company but they're not they're real estate uh, so that is weird. Um, but I mean, I've I've said it for a long time that I thought WeWork is is kind of weird and culty, and and I don't understand why there's so much, why so many people seem to believe that there's so much value in WeWork, um, because they're valued at like fifty billion or something, and I yeah. don't know why because they're losing hundreds of million and yeah, but there are many companies that lose sure, but they're like on a higher multiplier than like almost any other tech company so it's uh, i don't i I don't understand what's going on there and do they they actually don't own the real estate that they have either so they don't really have many assets some of it but also the problem is they're super i mean uh super fragile in a in a sense of they their leases are usually long term right so they sign a lease and it's usually for 10 plus years but all their customers are on short-term uh uh rental Right, they rent out real estate. That's yeah, what they're doing. Yeah. They're they're renting out office space. It's decent office space, probably quite nice. And there's I don't know, uh, kombucha, cold brew, and and beer on tap. Great, but essentially what they are, it's a real estate company renting out uh, um, office space. So if we're now, and I mean realistically, we are uh, heading into a recession, at least in North America, and that usually pulls the entire world into, uh, uh in, in into the same direction, right? Um. People might say, all right, no longer working from a, a co-working space. We're now working from home or from coffee shops or any other place instead, or we don't work because recession. 
Um, oh, so all those people... That, that took a very dark turn. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but all those people can then, within whatever like the normal contract period is, four weeks usually... Uh, cancel their their commitment to WeWork, but WeWork can't just cancel all their leases. So, so WeWork is in ten year contracts, but all the people that they rely on of not losing more money than they already do are on four week contracts. So it's just also they're in a really bad situation where I just think that they're in in a more they will be more impacted by the economy than almost any other company, especially at that valuation. And I don't understand why people would want to invest in something that is seemingly so fragile, seemingly so non-differentiated, and so crazily overvalued, right? Seems like a really bad combination. Like, if you're looking for a company, you probably don't want to invest in something overvalued, fragile, and and nutty. Do you know what their long-term goal is? I think, like, if you invest in a company like Uber or Lyft, I think you can see the benefit in the long term. They lose a lot of money now, but once they get out of autonomous vehicles they might be able to make a lot of money yeah actually is, do you know what their future plan is apart from long-term leases so uh what they're doing is uh, like this is a quote we dedicate this to the energy of we greater than any of us but <laughs> Wait, this is their this is their manifesto yeah, yeah it's part of their mission okay um, so we dedicate this to the energy of we greater than any of us but inside each of us and we are a community company committed to maximum global impact. Our mission is to elevate the world's consciousness. I don't know if they had too much kombucha or too much beer. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it seems it seems like a weird thing. Don't invest in WeWork. Also, not financial advice. <laughs> but don't right. do it. It's, we don't not. offer that here. But. No, we don't. But also, also really don't invest in WeWork. Really, really don't. But it's not advice. But don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, speaking of working, uh, Kai. Sure. You what? <laughs> Do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah, it <laughs> seems like I, a great segue. It seems like you're uh, elevating uh, human consciousness. <laughs> of course, I always elevate human consciousness. Um, you were also implementing email confirmation recently. <laughs> yes. Woohoo! Yep. Uh, who loves emails? I do. Uh, my current inbox has 2,000 of them. So. <laughs> That's how much you like them. I collect all the emails. Yeah. Um, Some how, people how, use baseball cards, others cars or watches. Marlin collects emails. Uh, so how is this going for you, Kai? I, uh, that makes it seem like it's not going well. <laughs> uh, it seemed to be going well, Kai. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about this? Um, there's a question mark in there for a reason. Yeah, is this because you don't want to talk about it? <laughs> uh, no, more because I don't really know what to talk about. Um, so the the reason I added email verification confirmation into the app is because I want to send people a, um, basically a invoice for their orders. And I thought, um, I need to at least gar- do a certain level of, go through a certain level of effort to get to be able to uh, see whether I'm sending th- those tax invoices to a person that actually exists or an email account that actually exists by letting users hit that. I mean, this is standard flow, right? You get an email. There's like a verify email link on there. You you, you click that and then you're verified. So I I built that as well. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's a very standard way of doing it. But I think what's interesting for you is that <laughs> is that you don't want to ask people for email confirmation on sign up, and uh, so, so you basically want to wait till it wait with asking for confirmation until they actually need to. Yeah. The same with sign up in general. You don't need to sign up in order to use the app, which I think is quite unique. Mm. Um, same with everything. I, I just I I I, I kind of like apps. Um, what and I, you, you do? Yeah. Hmm. And I think it's really nice if you have like a nice fast app to actually being able it's to to discover what the app has to offer. And I yeah. think that was always is always a lot of fun to to try a new app that someone recommends because it seems fun. Yeah, I feel like every app I install nowadays need an account. It's But it's also not just an account, right? First you go through like 12 pages of onboarding, then uh, 18 pages of permission dialogues and pre-prompts and mm. then uh, 12 pages of a tutorial that you can't skip because like this is a button a button you can tap or even worse mm-hmm. they say click um and you're like all right <laughs> press the button that's literally how i got here in the first place but sure tell me about it um and then you have to sign up for an account and then saying hey you have to confirm your account i didn't want to do any of that so i i try to wait with that as long as i can so you if you go to a coffee shop you can s- check their menu out before you have to create an account because maybe you just want to see what they're offering you might not even want to order through the app so you might just want to look at the menu and you can do that and um but then at some point there's a point where i need to uh um make sure that you do have an account and the the place I do that is in cart because that's literally the last step before you can check out. So I check whether you confirmed the email address. And if not, I will ask you to do that at that step be- before you can check out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think this seems like a really nice way of doing it, but I feel like there were certain limitations, certain decisions you had to make that weren't very obvious up front. So I think... It's quite interesting that you need, like, I think it's, it's, it was an interesting process to see you implementing this mm-hmm. because you really need to decide what is actually important. What do you need to use it to do? And how do you demonstrate this in a UI? Um, that's like a checkout menu or a, or a basket. Like mm-hmm. you actually want to be able to, you don't want to throw the user out of that flow. You want to be able to just show the regular screen. Mm-hmm. So I think what you want to do is to, basically replace the checkout button or the pay button with a login button if that's it and i think yeah it's essentially a bottom action button yeah yeah usually proceeds you through the flow which either is checkout if you're all all set or is send email confirmation yeah so it's it's like a proceed button i guess that's right yeah um but i think it was trickier than you would expect because what would happen once the user actually signed up and once they actually confirmed the email address, you need to somehow refresh the UI or let the user know if they haven't mm-hmm. like done all the correct steps. Um, so what I'm doing is, I, I think it's been around since 2015, um, remote notifications. So essentially a notification that uh, is, is getting to the phone, but it doesn't actually show an alert. And I use that to notify the, the app that the account has been confirmed. So if you happen to stay on the screen, fine. Um, you the the button just uh, magically updates from uh, check check email verification status or whatever to place an order. And if you happen to have the app in the background because you went uh, to the email on your phone, then it does exactly that. Uh, it if the app is still running, I, I update it behind the scenes. And when you're coming back, everything's good. And if you have left the card, I'll just recheck when you when you enter the card. Because then um, 
uh, when you when you enter the card, uh, I will check for your account status again, anyways. And I think that is uh, overall a surprisingly underused. Like remote notifications can be really really useful for those kind of things, but in mm-hmm. general for communicating things with the app that the user doesn't need to know about, I think there there's a lot of neat things that that you can do to get um, to nice to use experiences. Exact especially for those kind of annoying back and forth like if you if the server knows something has updated you can just let the app know rather than having to have the user tap another button to to check it might be might be too much effort uh for that on mm, on so- yeah no i think it worked quite nicely um because you told me to try it out this week and mm. i ended up confirming the email on my mac and just like looking at my phone and the button updated and that was really cool it mm. sort of just animated into an apple pay button mm. um instead of a confirm email button mm. so yeah no i i think it's quite it's like it's a nice touch for your it might not be the case that most people will see this feature but i think the ones who do will appreciate it not having mm. to refresh anything in the app manually yeah. and i mean probably 99 percent of people will just register an account and confirm it as soon as they get the email but um it's that's a nice thing about building building your own products you can decide what annoys you in other products and and fix those but i think in a in a business that has a bigger separation between responsibility of who's doing what like if, if you have a lot of different roles this would be a lot of a bigger feature to make for a very little gain mm-hmm. um was the good thing for you is that you actually are the person who makes the front end and the back end and the API design mm-hmm. uh, and the push notifications. So I think the fact that you are one person who was able to do all of those things at once made this such a quick thing for you to do. Yeah, collaboration uh, was easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other guy wasn't too hard to deal with. Uh, I, I'm not saying that. <laughs> but but I think like if if you would have if if I would work in a company and I would propose that we're gonna do this, it would probably not be worth it because the responsibility of people in the company would not... Like, th- there wouldn't be one person doing all of those roles, um, usually. Usually it would require quite a big team in order to actually get those things to align, um, which I think is inefficient in the first place, but I think it's yeah. very com- it's, it's very uncommon that the developers, the, f- the iOS developers are making the backend development as well and are handling uh, the push notifications. Mm-hmm. So, like... I think you've been like, this is the perfect type of thing. Sure. Like you can put the focus on whatever you want because you buy yourself, but it's also valuable things to put focus on. And especially when you could do it so quickly. Mm. And I think it's very neat. Mm. Mm. And I, I mean, in general, this is a thing that took, I don't know, two hours. Um, yeah. but I definitely think it could also work if those would not all be the same person. It happened to be the same person for me, but it's also definitely a possibility for a team to do that. If if they are like three, four de- separate people, yeah. Hmm. I hope any. <laughs> I hope there's at least one person who appreciates it. Well, now point. everyone's going to go and check it out once you the basis update. So at least you'll have <laughs> a few people checking it. It's good. Yeah, but I guess. All right. Should we call it a week? All right. I would like to quickly say that this is our 60th episode. Um, We're old, which is not very special. Um, it feels. Very strange, um, because a 50th episode when, was when we were at WWDC, but I feel like that was longer ago. It wasn't like, yeah, how was that? It only doesn't feel like weeks? we wow. met you and I, like you were here, Zach, nine weeks ago. Feels like a lot, yeah, longer. that is true. Yeah, Gee, so much has happened, yeah, right? That's it makes sense. Too. I mean, yeah, June, July, August, like two months, but 
that's how months work. It feels sixty feels like a large number, but considering it's not it's not that much, I guess. It's not hundred. Uh, we're hoping to get a hundred, but I would like <laughs> to ask people uh, who like this show to maybe recommend it to other people or rate it. Uh, I know I don't like saying this often and none of us feel comfortable about pushing this on people, but if you like the show, we would love to like either get some more feedback from you or just really um, it would be great if you could rate us if you if you like it so rate us in the um, <laughs> and in if you iTunes. don't like it uh, give us a five star review explaining what you don't like yeah that's a great way of doing it mm. um, but yeah I just I just feel like we are producing this show very often um, and I am enjoying it and I feel like other people are out there enjoying it we see people listen um, but we would also love to have more of a discussion. So if anyone wants to chat with us, just send us a message at Twitter at Cup of Tech. Cool. Mm. Yeah, sounds good. All right. And cool. then Pix will be back next week. Well, you All said right. that last week, Kai. Now I'm going to send you an angry email. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'll reply with yeah. email 2844.